but I come in for my audition monologue, and I'm halfway through my Sebastian monologue, and I completely forget everything. I forgot my entire model. I forgot everything that came after it. Mind you, I am sober. I'm stone sober. We hadn't <laughs> even gotten ask. to the part. We hadn't even gotten to the part of the audition where you're supposed to drink. Welcome to my worst audition. Welcome once again to My Worst Audition, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by my friend Andrew Kimmler. And I'm going to read the bio right to you right off the screen. Andrew Kimmler is a half-Sicilian, half-Jewish, and all-Long Island writer, producer, and comedian. He toured Shakespeare regionally and internationally before falling into the New York City comedy scene, performing sketch, improv, and characters at the UCB, Pitt, and more. He has been seen on Comedy Central, Fox, Vox, Now This... News How, Fast Company, Bark Box, Glamour Magazine, and even a random Gold Bond commercial. Andrew was also a 2020 Sundance Writing Fellow who helped write and develop a digital series for Intuit, written on the Reddit digital show PS Battles Live, and for the animated Quibi series Mayday. Andrew has developed for Sony, MTV, Funny or Die, and more. Andrew studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in NYC, later receiving a media BA from SUNY Empire. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. You really had to get the news how in there. I have to get the news how. For those that don't know, news how was a ridiculously dumb show that Andrew, I, and three other friends produced because we had no clue what we were doing. We just decided to have fun with it. It was fun. That was, yeah. uh, I really, I loved working on News How. That was like, it was more like hanging out and at the end we had a terrible product. Exactly. <laughs> Unsellable, unwatchable. Yeah, yep. it was awful. Yep. yep. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm much more uh, well-learned and experienced and I can be much more professional about the terrible products that I make. <laughs> Uh, good. I mean, that's important. That's a, <laughs> it's really important, and you know, it's important that you know what's bad while you're working on it, exactly. and not, not have any false illusions. No yeah. delusions. <laughs> well, uh, I, I we were talking before we started this, and we caught up about how you're a dad now. And uh, have you had time for anything else? Your child is eight months old. What what is the whirlwind like now? Uh you know, I'm, I, I might get heat from other parents for saying this, but I, I've actually been pretty productive over the last eight months. Um, I've been able to work on a few of my own projects, especially with like the strike going on. I've been able to, to focus on some of my own writing. And the secret is daycare. I just, I suck it up and just, I'm, I'm <laughs> willing to do money. daycare. I pay somebody <laughs> else to handle the baby. I, it helps, you know, get the kid away for six hours a day. You'd be amazed what you can get away with. You know, mm -hmm. the first day I dropped her off, I cried dropping her off. I literally cried. I couldn't believe I was giving her to someone else. And then eight hours or six hours later, I picked her up and I cried again because I got so much done that day that I was like, <laughs> I have to, I have to keep doing this. I, I, hey man, when I dropped Penny off for her first day of kindergarten, I, I wish it, I had to sit in the car and compose myself. I'm like, what has happened to me? When did I become this guy? Like, oh God. Uh, so yeah, it's happened to all of us, man. I, I get it. You know, being a dad changes things. Yeah. I think it's, it's about your priority shift. And I think the, 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 the lie we tell ourselves is that our priorities change and they don't change. They just shift. The kid becomes top, you know, top dog. You still got to do all the other shit you want to do. If you're creative, you still got to do those things, but you just have to figure out how to make it work around having the kid. And that's, you know, that's where the late nights and daycare and things happen exactly yeah. and as i was telling you before we got started you know I'm, I'm an only child and an actor so it took 
having a child of my own to realize that the world does not revolve around me. And uh, it was it was really a great thing. I'm glad that happened because uh, the delusion needed to end. Uh, you'd be surprised what you can get away with hiding in the bathroom while you take a shit. Like you can write a lot <laughs> oh, of stuff. Oh, I know. I know. As far as my family's concerned, I just have really long shits for some reason. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm done no, in a minute. SS, no S's and C's for you, Gary. It's the whole alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, um, do you, do you have a, a story to love to share with us? Because I'm sure you got at least something here. I mean, I know you. Uh, I I mean, I, you when you asked me about the show, I was like, what? There's just there's a lot. <laughs> there's always <laughs> like when you start thinking back to you know 15, 20 years of auditioning, you're like, yeah, there's a lot of things that stand out. It's like, what is the one? There's one that I, out of all of them, I think stands out the most because it's just the most. I was the most embarrassed about it. Um, so for context, I used to tour Shakespeare. I've toured Shakespeare regionally. I've done it internationally. Um, I think I've, I've probably done Midsummer like four times. <laughs> like I've done, I've done a fair amount of Shakespeare um, for someone who doesn't, you know, consider themselves this big Shakespeare actor. Um, <clears throat> so it when I was in New York, it felt like inevitable. It's like, oh yeah, I should probably audition for Drunken Shakespeare at some point. Okay. Uh, and I and and I did. I, I submitted. They brought me in. Um, I, I had enough on my resume. They brought me in, uh, and I was super stoked to do it. And so I go in, and I have this monologue that uh, I've been doing for like probably ten years. It's Twelfth Night. It's Sebastian's monologue from Act Four. Um, I used to be able to do it in my sleep. Uh, yeah. Of course, now it's it's been a few years. I don't remember anything since I've had a baby. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm sorry to interrupt. For those that don't know, Drunken Shakespeare, yeah. it's a show in New York where like many of the actors will actually be drunk doing the show. Correct? Yeah, that yeah. is that's okay. the whole hook. It's like you're watching you're watching Shakespeare, but uh, everyone's hammered while they do it. And that's that's the fun. Uh, they're doing. I think it was like I don't remember if it was like a Henry or a Hamlet. They're doing something that was like pretty well known. Um, but I come in for my audition monologue, and I'm halfway through my Sebastian monologue, and I completely forget everything. I forgot my entire model. I forgot everything that came after it. Mind you, I am sober. I am stone sober. We hadn't even <laughs> gotten ask. to the part. We hadn't even gotten to the part of the audition where you're supposed to drink. Um, oh. I'm stone sober. I completely go up on my lines and. It's Shakespeare, so you can't improvise it. Like yeah. you either know it or you don't. And I was, yeah. and I did the, I did the thing that like every actor freaking hates to do. And I was like, hey, can I, can I take that again? No. Which is just like immediately, no. I'm just like, I was like, I'm either gonna, it's I, I'm either nothing or I'm gonna ask to go again. And I'm gonna ask to take it again. And they were like, very good. They're like, yeah, of course, no, we get it. it's fine. Very, you know, to their credit, it's a pretty casual atmosphere there. Um, other than you know. 12 people watching you audition it's 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 pretty laid back but i go in and i go to take it up again and literally couldn't get past the first line the second oh. second way around oh. and i'm like i've been i've been doing this for years gary years not oh. just this monologue i've i performed in rome <laughs> i've done shakespeare <laughs> i've done shakespeare every, you know i've done a fair amount um and I'm just completely lost, deer in headlights, and just like middle of the monologue before I even 
get to uh, any kind of explanation. They're like, thank you so much. <laughs> we'll, oh. we'll let you know. And I'm oh. like, well, that's, I was like, well, that's that. That tells me everything I need to know. Oh, I completely dude. wasted their time and have fucking embarrassed myself oh, uh, pretty publicly. Uh, dude, I, know, I have a Shakespeare tattoo. Like, oh. I know Shakespeare. And so I, it, it, I don't... I've had a lot of bad auditions in my day, but that's the one that I think, like, still hurts when I think about it. Because I'm just Ooh. like, I know what I'm doing. I, I was hurting hearing you tell it. Like, oh, <laughs> it's right in the heart, man. It's And it's that thing where it's like, it's a company that I I respect the company. I would love to go and audition. You know, I don't live in New York anymore, but it's a company where... A bad audition, whatever, I would go back and audition again and again and again to, until I got on a company like that. It's pretty, very fun company. But after that audition, I was like, I am never showing my face in this oh. building as a performer oh. or an audience member ever. I'm, I, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. And I, how, long, how long ago was this? I only asked because uh, my buddy Josh Hyman was with Drunk Shakespeare for a while. I don't know if he was on there while you auditioned. That name's so familiar. He, I might have done this in front of him. Uh, okay. Uh, this was probably somewhere between like 2016 and 2018. Oh, I think he was with them then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That name's because you don't forget a last name like Hyman. No, no, you you don't. And yeah. to his credit, um, he'll joke about it. Thankfully, you you, you got to joke about it. You have to. Yeah, he's got a great yeah, last name. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, that's painful. That yeah. It was... Super freaking painful. But I had never thought of it because I, I, I'm not like classically trained. You remember me? Like I worked a desk job before I did this. So yeah. I've never really done much in the way of Shakespeare, but it, it wouldn't have occurred to me. You're right. You, you can't improvise that. You can't, you know, weasel your way out of it. You either know it or you don't. And, no. uh, and I've been in plenty of auditions where I've gone up on my lines and just improvised my way through it. And like, yeah. depending on who's behind the counter or behind the desk. Sometimes people are like, stick to the words, do it again. And sometimes people are like, that was better than what we wrote. It's fine. You know, yeah. it's, you never know. Yeah. Shakespeare, you don't have that. No, you don't. You're, it's, so, it's do or die. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of the first play that I did uh, when I was still working a desk job. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to try theater. And I hadn't done theater since like middle school. Though. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. And I auditioned for a thing. This really isn't an audition story so much as it is uh, Gary learned a valuable lesson story. Um, it was because <laughs> I don't learn any lessons in auditions. I just keep being an ass every time. Just I keep in. doing the same thing. Just, over yeah, and over. exactly. Uh, so uh, I, I got the the lead role in Dial M for Murder for community theater down in Northern Virginia. You know, small community theater, whatever. But all right, I'm playing Tony Wendis, the guy who hires somebody to kill his wife, and. Um, we rehearsed and everything, and I was I was getting pretty good. I got my lines down, and we did uh, we did the opening night. And it went well, you know. I everything went fine. It was good, and the director said, "Okay, let's uh, come in early. We're going to do a line read through, you know, for the second show, and make sure everybody's down." And I'm like, "I don't need that shit. I'm keeping it real, I, you know." In my mind, I'm like, "I got the lines down already. I don't need to do this again. We're we're good. Everything's great." He's like, well, I'd like you come in. I'm like, I just, yeah, I got stuff, you know. I'll, I'll be in there. You, you saw I got it. Don't worry about it, because uh, I'm a jackass, and it, you know, these are things that I don't realize. Just kind of like, oh no, you do need to practice this. So we get up on stage. Everything's going fine, and the the scene comes up where I'm supposed to tell the guy that I'm hiring she's going to kill my wife. And this is like the two pages of the play where I'm basically laying out the entire plot of the play, and I'm talking to him, and. Um, as I'm talking, I realized, oh, I just skipped over those entire two pages. 
and uh, I gla- and I have that moment where I'm like, uh, and I glance. It's a it's a pretty full house there for community theater, and I glance down at the director who's sitting in the front row, and he's just sitting there looking up, going like, "You mother!" I'm like, "Oh," but. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't Shakespeare, and thankfully, I had a bit of an improv comedy background already. I've been doing some improv, and the guy who played the guy I'm hiring had an improv background. So we we literally made up two pages of dialogue to get the plot out and explain it to the audience. And uh, thankfully, most people weren't the wiser. And I got away with it, you know, in community theater, in not Shakespeare. But, man, yeah, it's Shakespeare. You can't, you can't mess that up. There's no way to... No. Oh. Good on you for uh, for having the the, the fortitude and, and you know the, the wherewithal to be like okay I'm gonna just improvise my way out because well, I, I it's don't know stage you, you can't be like time out can I get a do over yeah. <laughs> before before I got into the improv scene like improving on stage felt like I don't know what your experience was but before I like got into like improv improv it was such a I feel like it was so looked down upon to make anything up on stage like the words on the page are the words. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I had done a lot of plays where, like, if people, like, flubbed words or tried to uh, work their way around it, uh, directors would be like, listen, don't do that again, you know, please stick <laughs> with the script. Um, like, you're an actor, not a writer. Let's yeah, stick to there's, mm, unless you wrote the play. Um, <laughs> like, I, so, all right, another short story. This is uh, not an audition, but this is a show. I was doing a Neil Simon play. And Neil oh, Simon that's fun. famously hates anybody um improvising at all um so i'm, I'm doing this is a community theater production of broadway bound uh out okay. on long island and i had just had my wisdom teeth out like the week before and okay. so it was one of it was one of those periods where like i'm not at my best and no. my mouth and i and i can't open my mouth as much as i would want to i'm playing the older brother stanley who is I don't know if you're familiar with the play. He's a massive dick. <laughs> like, okay. that's kind of his whole deal. Fun. Yeah. Oh, it's, I, it was one of the most fun uh, characters I've, I've gotten to play on stage. But there's there's all these scenes where he's just um, uh, arguing with his brother, uh, his brother Gene, because they're trying to write this this TV script overnight. And I've got this big uh, back and forth with with uh, my fellow actor Jordan, and I'm yelling at him. I can't really open my mouth as much as I want to. And mid scene, as I'm yelling, one of my stitches pops and nails him in the face. Full house. I'm bleeding down my throat, and it, I well, I see it. I see it just hit him on the cheek, and I see we both had that moment of realization together. Where we were just like. Yeah, this happened. Yeah, we're gonna keep going. And literally, we I, we like eked our way through the scene. And the way it was set up, like we had to stay on stage for like twenty thirty for like twenty minutes because the way the stage was set up, like we have to go upstairs and like go to sleep for another scene to happen. So we're on stage just dealing with this. So it takes like twenty minutes before we get off stage. We finally get back uh, backstage, and we are dying laughing just losing our shit that that happened um what it's one of the grossest things that's ever happened to me on stage now in my mind i feel like my instinct would be i got to call this out i have to make a joke of it or something in the middle of it find a way to work it into the show but no no not i mean there's not really a lot of 
1930 Brooklyn. Uh, it's it's you know uh, it, it's Neil Simon. There wasn't really. It was one of those things where I think we were just like we're going to pretend it didn't happen, and everyone <laughs> in the front row clearly it's like. He clearly spit something onto that guy's face, and he swallowed blood. I don't know what's going on. Is this part of the play? Um, yeah, I swallowed swallowed a lot of blood that night. Ooh, oh! Have you ever bled? Have you ever bled on stage? I bled on stage more times than I probably should have. I don't think I've ever bled on stage. No, I I've got a scar on my hand. I was doing arsenic and old lace. I've got the scar on my hand, and uh, you know, there's supposed to be this dead body in the window still. Uh, I'm playing. Oh, God, I can't remember the name. The German dude with bad German accent. Um, and in the middle of the play, like, I look up and I find the body. And the crew who built the, the little window seat thing where the body is, the inside of it's just jagged nails everywhere. And so, of course, I catch a nail. Ah. And I'm on stage doing this doing this two-person scene with, with the Boris Kar- Karloff character, literally just holding my hand as tight as I can, and it's just dripping down my hand in the middle of the whole scene, just pretending it's not happening. Yeah, I, I bled more than I should have on stage, I think. Isn't, like, theater uh, supposed to be the thing that people who aren't good at sports do so we don't have to, like, bleed? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that how it's supposed to work? I think, yeah. I think all, all the all the bleeding is supposed to be, like, internally, I think. I don't <laughs> Emotional know. Emotional bleeding. Emotional bleeding, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, more. I, I, I've had, I've had, I guess, more bad experiences on stage than I should. Wow. Uh, thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, I, I don't know if I've ever gone up on a line in front of an audience like you did. Yep. Just skipped At over least two not, whole pages. That yep. That's a lot. Got to make it up. <laughs> it's one thing to like miss a line, and it's like, yeah, hey, whatever. It's, you know, theater is a little more loosey goosey than film and TV, where like some of the, a lot of lines in theater can be cut. Sorry, playwrights, uh, but. <laughs> To go up on like two pages of important plot is is that sucks. Yep, yep, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> well, like I'm grateful that I had somebody on stage who, you know, went with me on it and handled the improv. What else are you going to do? Like I said, you can't call a timeout, so you just got to no. figure something out. I've gone up on the, you know I've been in scenes uh, at like UCB where people have gone up, but it's literally an improv theater, and it's like everyone's fine rolling with it. That's that's yeah. not quite the same. You don't have that same panic mode of like, oh, I got to think of something fast. Yeah. Um, so th- yeah, thankfully I I haven't. Thankfully I haven't been cast in anything since, so it hasn't been an issue. <laughs> well, I know we were saying, you know, it's been slow, especially because of the writer strike and the actor strike. Yeah. So uh, I'm grateful that you have the time, even being a dad, you're able to come on with me now, and we can just yeah. chat. This is the best time. I you know I'm not I, I wasn't picketing today. You know I can make it work. How is that working, by the way? Because I've not been uh, to any of the pickets. What's it like? Oh, you're one of those actors. Uh, yes, I'm one of the ones. You pay, that your, du- you pay your dues and you don't pick it. I, I let other people <laughs> do the work for me and then I benefit. Got it, got it. Oh, you're a producer. <laughs> <laughs> How is it, man? Um, it's great. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird to say it's great, but it's also California. It's not... You know, there it's hot is the worst I would say, but the 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 atmosphere is great, the mood is great, everybody feels very positive and uh, united in a in a very positive way. It reminds me, uh, it reminds me a lot of some of the protests. There've been a lot of protests in the last ten years, um, where like everybody's there for the for the same goal. We all know that we're in the right, and we are just gonna you know we are 
going to wait them out as long as we have mm-hmm. to and make our voices heard. And so there, it, it's a surprisingly positive atmosphere. Everybody's very supportive, very welcoming. Um, uh, uh, you know, even people who are not in the unions but might be affiliated in the industry in any sort of way show up to pro- to to pick to pick it with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's very happy to have everyone there. Um, so much so. Um, <laughs> There's different depending on what studio you go to out here. There's different vibes. Like I like to go to the Disney studio mainly because there's a lot of uh, uh, shade, and so I'll bring my daughter. I'll 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 push her in the stroller, and I know that like there's some shade I can get her out of, out of the sun, and we can pick it. It's it's pretty yep. nice. I saw there was a story. There was one studio that cut down all the branches outside. Which one was that? Yep, that was Universal. Universal did that, and okay. uh, they're getting. Th- to be fair, um, they have gotten in trouble with the city, and they are being fined like $30. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. It's something ridiculous like that. They're being fined like $30 for it. Um, they uh, were advising people not to pick it over there for a while because of heat advisories. We, we just had a heat wave out here. But I think they just lifted that um, last week. So people are finally like back out and about. I mean, it's a dick move on their part. A smart move. But a dick move. Uh, I'm all right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, different studios have been doing different tactics like that, and it's like, come on, man. We're we're not trying to do anything crazy. We just want to get paid fairly. Like it's not. Let's let's just play fair. Gotcha. No, no, no. There, different studios do different things. There's one of them uh, blocked off a row of streets to make it harder for people to park. To have to go for it. like things like that, where you're just like. It's so childish. Mm. It's so childish. It's like you guys know we all have to work together after this, right? Like, let's. I know that's that's the thing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I I wonder what's the vibe out in New York. I I'm barely in the city. I'm on daddy duty most of the time, so I I only go into the city if I you know ever book a job or have an audition. But most of the audition has been self taped, so it's been. You know, I just I do it from here in front of a wall I painted blue. So I mean, I I was in once. A week or two ago, and I remember seeing, yeah, um, like there was a bunch of picketing down. I think a few blocks north of Union Square, uh, but man, I don't, I don't know. I wonder how would you, how would you react if, uh, if studio did the opposite thing? If like you were down there and the people in the studio just came out and brought everybody like donuts and cold drinks and was like, listen. I know we're on opposite sides of this right now. We're not changing our position, but at least not in the near future. But obviously, we want—we don't want you guys to have like heat stroke or something. Here's some things. Like, how would you react to that? Uh, me personally, or yeah. like I—I I, honestly, you catch more flies with honey, right? Yeah. I feel like if studios were being that understanding, especially in the midst of a heat wave. To be honest, I think I think writers and actors would be willing to probably play ball in and I think I there's a lot of tension between the between the AMPTP and the actors and writers right now I think behaving in in that kind of a manner would alleviate so much of the stress that I think actors and writers would be more anxious to get back to the table to negotiate Mm. Mm. Um, right now it doesn't feel like people want to get back to the table unless there's something unless they're serious um, whereas if, yeah, if they were behaving in, in that kind of a mode, I think we'd be more of the opinion of like, even if we're not there, let's at least keep talking. But right now I feel like no one wants to talk. Mm. That's the, that's the vibe I get is like, 
you know, if, if, if you're not serious, then don't waste our time. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, I don't think yeah. we'd be talking about, you know, picketing and, you know, union <laughs> matters and the strike, but that's what happened on the podcast because it's, we, we improvised. That's what happened. And that's what we talked about. And <laughs> that's cool, man. It'll make it a different podcast from some of the other ones. And I love that. Yeah. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, talk about something other than one of my most embarrassing professional moments. But it, it was a, it was a good story. That's so painful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you talk to your uh, to your buddy, ask him if he remembers. He probably does, and I can't imagine I'm the only idiot who's ever done that. I'm probably the only idiot who's done that twice. You, ne- <laughs> you never know, man. I'll ask him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, before we go, where can people find your work? Anything you want to promote now? Just let us all know. Yeah, um, uh, I'm not on X as much as uh, I used to be these days. On it took me a second to realize. Twitter. Does, does, is that stand in for something? Like, oh yes, Twitter. I, it, I sincerely yeah. had to go a step or two yeah. to make the connection. Uh, nowadays, you can find me. I, I am on TikTok. Um, I don't care what China knows about me. I don't have anything that important to. to hide from China that they wouldn't find elsewhere. Um, you can find me on TikTok uh, at Andy Kimmy. Um, and I'm uh, performing some shows at the Pack Theater in LA. Uh, I've got one called The Breakup, which I'm doing with my wife, Keisha, in September. And then uh, we do another one called Getting Red. Uh, that is, we're still waiting on our next date, but that's going to be in September as well. All right. Thanks for joining me, man. It's been a pleasure. It's been way too long, so thanks for taking yeah. the time. Let's uh, let's catch up again soon. I'll um, let me know. Hey, if you need any other embarrassing stories, I got shit on the other day by the baby like twice in a row. So like, I've, I've got stories. You know, funny enough, I you know I have a daughter and a son, and I always expected it to be a time where I'd change my son's diaper and, and he would just pee on me. It never once happened. I, it never happened. Never happened. I guess I got lucky. Dude, the first time my daughter peed in the hospital was like a bubbler, like it was a full stream. It hit both my my wife and I. And we're just like, oh, God, we didn't know, you know, a girl baby could do this. Um, and she did. Yeah, she had ARC. Good for her. That's uh, impressive. So yeah, no, she, she occasionally still gets ARC. And we're just like, I don't, I don't know how you do it, but it's how it's yeah. happening. Uh, good just, for you. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Later, buddy.